Consensus is growing around a series of recommendations that the government can implement to help safeguard both the public and private sectors against major cyber attacks. In the wake of the solar winds breach, lawmakers turned to industry for recommendations on how to ensure that kind of incident doesn't happen again. Here with more, Federal News Network's David Thornton. And David, let's begin by telling us how these two hearings that happened and what they went into. Yeah, so these two hearings were less about the details of the solar winds breach itself, which are pretty clear at this point. They were more about how to prevent future breaches of this kind. Lawmakers were looking to hammer down specific recommendations to move forward on. For example, here's Virginia Democrat Mark Warner, chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee, discussing some of those recommendations. While many aspects of this compromise are unique, the SolarWinds hack has also highlighted a number of lingering issues that we've ignored for too long. This presents us an opportunity for reflection and action. A lot of people are offering solutions, including mandatory reporting requirements, wider use of multi-factor authentication, requiring a software bill of goods, and significantly improving threat information sharing between the government and the private sector. That was Virginia Democrat Mark Warner, chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee. Now, some of these are just a matter of encouraging good cyber hygiene. For example, multi-factor authentication. That's an acknowledged best practice. But two recommendations stood out the most from both committees, and those were mandatory reporting and attribution and repercussions. Let's start with mandatory reporting. How do they see that working? What's the vision here of Mark Warner and his colleagues? Well, that's exactly what everyone is trying to figure out. Here's New York Representative Yvette Clark, a member of the House Committee on Homeland Security, outlining the key questions around this recommendation. We need to figure out who would be subject to reporting requirements and what kind of incidents would trigger the requirement report. We also need to determine who they're reporting incidents to, whether that's CISA, a new uh, agency modeled after the NTSB, or someone else. And finally, we need to decide what our ultimate goal is, holding companies accountable, or are we just trying to get a better understanding of why our security controls fail? That was New York Representative Yvette Clark. Now, it's worth pointing out that the idea of mandatory reporting is not a new one. The Cyberspace Solarium Commission included this in its recommendations about a year ago. And Senator Susan Collins, a Republican from Maine, actually introduced a bill back in 2012 that would have required mandatory reporting. Now, that bill didn't pass, but in the ensuing eight years, experts are starting to come around to her point of view. Here's Brad Smith, president of Microsoft, talking about what that might look like. We should notify, I think, a part of the U.S. government that would be responsible for aggregating threat intelligence and making sure that it is put to good use to protect the country and, for that matter, people outside the country. Um, I think we need to decide uh, upon whom it should that duty should fall. It should certainly fall on those of us in the tech sector who are in the business of providing enterprise and other services. Uh, I think it's not a bad idea to consider some kind of liability protection. It will make people more comfortable with doing this. Um, this is about moving information fast to the right place so it can be put to good use. That was Brad Smith, president of Microsoft. All right. So mandatory reporting, I guess, is an idea that's gaining traction on Capitol Hill, although we should point out that when there is a major breach, usually the companies themselves report it, and then the whole world chimes in with what happened. But it's, as you point out, not mandatory yet. And so, David, what are some of the options being considered for the agencies to report to? Well, there have been a lot of suggestions thrown out there. Warner specifically brought up a couple of them. He mentioned the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, but that he didn't think that it's quite the right model and that a number of other people have echoed this as well. 
Warner also mentioned the FBI, uh, but he pointed out they're not in the business of sharing information. The most common suggestion put forth, and the one that seems to be gaining the most traction, is a new agency based on the model of the National Transportation Safety Board. This lines up with the Cyberspace Solarium Commission's recommendation for a Bureau of Cyber Statistics based on that model. And there are lots of other examples of similar models that work well, like the FAA's Aviation Safety Reporting System, the Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, or FinCEN, and credit card usage agreements in the private sector. Of course, a big difference is the NTSB examines rare incidents, whereas this new agency would look at things that happen, unfortunately, way too often. And this idea of attribution and repercussion, often federal agencies seem to be reluctant to positively attribute a attack to a certain place, maybe because they don't know. Why is this becoming more important? Well, mandatory reporting helps both the public and private sector defend against and recover from attacks. But what it doesn't do is disincentivize future ones. There's currently no public doctrine about what constitutes a cyber attack or what the official government response will be. And that emboldens bad actors who know that they won't suffer any consequences. Here's FireEye CEO Kevin Mandia explaining the need for government to fill this role. We've got to communicate where's the red line. I know we think it's a tough thing to define and we admire the problem, but we've got to come up with what's tolerable, not tolerable, communicate it so we don't see gradual escalation. But to impose risk and repercussions is, is the purview of the government. And the second biggest thing is the attribution. The, the the government's in the best place to get attribution the most right. So those two things without and by the way, there is no risk of repercussions if you don't know who did it. So those are the two things that I'd firmly place into the government is best suited to do that. FireEye CEO Kevin Mandia. Now, what he said about the government being in the best position to get attribution right. That will be even more true if mandatory reporting becomes official policy. What it all comes down to is that the private sector can't take matters into their own hands. So they're looking for government to lead the way, set the policy, and enforce it. All right. I'm sure there's more to come on that whole front. Federal News Network's David Thornton, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Be sure to check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Pop quiz. What can you buy for $3.99? Not a latte. But for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month. And you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.